0: Well, well, well.
1: Here we are again.
0: Once again, here we are.
1: (laughs) Wait Uh, to repeat what I said.
0: Hi, Mr. Yog Dog, how are you, buddy?
1: There's a sleeping Yog Dog here. We have a special
0: guest, Sleepy Yog of Sleepy Dog.
1: He's pretty darn cute.
0: He's an adorable little guy.
1: He got a new sweater today. And he was he was sitting in the bedroom and he was like overheating because it's so warm. (laughs)
0: He loved it, though.
1: Mm-hmm. He just didn't like
0: the hood part of it, but you know what I'm going to tell you when he's going to like the hood part of it? When it rains. When it rains. He's going to be like, oh, yes, this is a good thing.
1: You realize when it rains, we could bundle him up in his hoodie with the hood on, and then his jacket to keep him waterproof.
0: Yeah, You're really good.
1: Mm-hmm. When it gets really he cold. He would be
0: so nice and warm.
1: When he gets cold, it's going in his jacket.
0: So cute. So... As some of you out there know, and most don't, um, we live the freelancer lifestyle here in our house. Yep. And it's interesting how well it's gone because it's been more out of, we did it more out of necessity than want.
1: Well, mine is want, pretty much. I mean, there was no real necessity when I started working with upwork,
0: yeah, true.
1: <laughs> it kind of turned into necessity, but
0: yes, very nearly thereafter
1: mm, mm-hmm.
0: so you know it's but it's okay, you know it is what it is, mm-hmm. and we work away at it and we do and we do our thing, but
1: there's good things about it, and of course, there's always shitty things about it.
0: Well, and, like, people will say to me, oh, you're so lucky that you get to work at home. And and I laugh, and I say, well, yeah, except try. And and it's a joke, but um, when they were younger, it was true. I'd say, yeah, but try having the kids have Christmas break so they'll be home all day. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
1: It's glaring at us.
0: And... It gets noisy and whatever But that was when they were younger Now it's not
1: Yeah you're right now only one of two is noisy
0: Now now only he's noisy Um, (laughs) And the dog The dog is very noisy The dog just basically sleeps next to me all day long (coughs) That's like what his life is Huh Yugi So you know I thought we could talk about The ups and downs of um, The freelance lifestyle There,
1: I don't know The up is definitely being able to, like, drag myself out of bed at 5.30 in the morning and just, like, sit here looking like a zombie and get shit done. That's a definite perk. I don't hate that. Well, I don't really like 5.30 in the morning, but...
0: Well, because it works the opposite way, too. You could drag yourself out of bed at noon if you want to.
1: Right. I could. In my jammies and sit here drinking a very large cup of tea out of my Harley Quinn mug and just do my thing with super loud music blaring if I really wanted to. Exactly. It's great. It's great. But then there's the lovely downside that I've been experiencing lately where people want you to deliver the world to them for basically free.
0: Well, what do you mean?
1: Well, you meet some people. You meet some people. And I don't... Nobody that I'm working with right now specifically. But I I got this one person on Upwork about a month ago. And they popped up and I, I told them my hourly rate. And they're like well, I was hoping to pay that per week. And I was like, okay, best of luck to you. And they were like, but you can't drop your rate for us? And I was like, not to that level. I'm not going to work 40 hours a week for you for the rate I charge for one hour. What kind of crazy are you smoking?
0: Well, They got all
1: pissy about it.
0: And... (laughs) You know, I find that it works more in your favor if you... Don't prostitute your value. Right. You know... There was a point in my freelance career... That... Every quote that went out... Was at $165 an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... A 10-hour job would be $1,650. Right. And that was what I quoted, and people didn't bat an eye,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they paid it. Now, when I try to bid on Upwork, if it's a job I'm going to do, I have flexibility on the on the hourly. But if I have to outsource even a portion of it, mm-hmm. um. If I have to outsource even a portion of it, I have to um, be careful because my rate right ends up you losing still have me. That ends up losing that higher rate ends up making me lose a job. Right, and that's a bad thing. It's a bad place to be. So you have to be careful, you know, and charge what you're worth, and and earn money that way than prostituting your rate and letting people talk you into something because because what ends up happening is you get boxed in
1: right (laughs) well i found that when i started with upwork i charged a lower rate because everything i read online says you have to just get some stupid little jobs done with upwork in order to really be considered for anything bigger so that was whatever but then I took on my first client on Upwork and he was like, wow, you're worth way more than what I'm paying you. And he like basically raised my hourly wage by 50% over three months. And I was only working like four to six hours a week for him. So it wasn't a lot of work that he just kept raising the rate. And so that's what I based my based my rate off of is how impressed he was. And I get people all the time who are like, well, you're just a freelancer. You don't have that much experience. Why should we pay you that? And I was like, "Because that's what my work is worth."
0: First of all, you you said something right there that I've heard before, and it irritates me when I hear it. Like really, like people who know me well enough that if they listen to this, they're going to know. This put hit a, hits a button for me.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: just a freelancer?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience and Many people that I know would agree with me on this. Freelancers are way stronger than long-term employees, and I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, like I did my little stint um, in different places, mm-hmm. and you meet people who've been on the job for some of them. 20 30 40 years seriously like they were programming back in the days when you had punch cards and you'd punch little holes in the cards to um, represent different actions that the computer should take like they were programming back then and then they've kept up with it okay but the problem is that they don't know what they don't know so they're there for they're like at a certain company or let's just say a job for so long uh-huh. that they don't know how to work as a team. They don't know all of the collaboration tools that are out there for making sure that things are smooth. Like, could you imagine <coughs> in certain places that I've told you about that if I said, hey, let's use Slack to communicate, they'd be like, what the hell is Slack? Right. And it's what I'm getting at is that freelancers, because we are forced to, and I say we, you and me, and others of course, but specifically in this conversation, we are forced to deal with um some things that are a little bit outside of our comfort zone. So we learn about um technologies that mm, we might not have. Right. But because a project takes us in that direction, it's so one of the things I get asked sometimes when I go interviewing, I get asked Hey, how come how come you used this technology on this project when this would have been much better? And I always say the same thing and I enjoy it. I say, "Well, the client dictated the technology stack. I of course pointed out that exact weakness that you're talking about, but they felt that this this and this mitigated that and right. Well, they wanted to use that technology stack. I don't have a I don't have a say. All I can do is give them my opinion." And, I mean, that's <laughs> that's where a freelancer has the edge over a long-term employee. Because a long-term employee is only going to know the technologies that that company uses. Right. Or, in your case, the processes that they go through to get from point A to point B. They're going to have the same ones.
1: It's exhausting to work for multiple companies at the same time and have to know all of their quirks and remember all of these quirks for all of these different people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, like like with me, I have to remember, you know, who are the ones that like daily status updates, regardless. Right. Who are the ones that only want status updates if something's changed who are the ones who want one twice a week no matter what? And you have to remember all that stuff. And it's like, wow, it gets crazy.
1: Because, yeah, you get some clients who are just like, here are your tasks. Don't talk to me until you need something else. And I like those just fine. And then you get other clients who, who mandate the time you work, which I'm completely fine with as long as I'm being paid for all those hours. Yeah. And then they want a summary at the end of the day, which again, I'm fine with. I just start a running email, just type in everything I'm doing. And then after you're done, they send you 49,000 emails with questions in them. Like, there's those people. The quid opposite ends of the spectrum. And I get both of them right now.
0: I wonder about the legality of what you just told me, though. Why? Well because a freelancer is an independent contractor And in order to be an independent contractor The key word is independent You have to mm. be able to set when, when And where and how you work So even Even like When I go to contract work And they say to me You have to come to our offices in Santa Ana You have to work from 8 Until 5 You will take a lunch from 12 to 1 At that point I have to be somebody's employee right and that's why and that's why the agencies employ you right you see they would never work with you directly
1: mm.
0: because they can only work really with other corporations because if they work with an individual, they want to dictate when you work, where you work, and that makes you an employee.
1: This client was very careful with their wording. I need to be available for those hours because those are the hours that they get contacted by people. So I think if one day I was like, "Mm, I'm done at noon, nobody would care. Yeah. And by the same token, he's asking me to do things in the evening as well that he needs done. That are outside of those regular hours. I've
0: noticed that you've gotten a phone call here or there. But honestly... (laughs) You've kind of hit the nail on the head about what I was saying before, that you've got to juggle all these different like rules that go on and know who you're working for at that moment. And in a way, though, it forces you to be more meticulous about your work because, mm-hmm. because you have to stop. And take a breath and go, okay, what am I working on? Let me focus. All right, I'm focusing on this now. And that's right. Oh, these are the rules for this one.
1: Tick, tick, tick. What you're saying right now is the exact problem with the way I organize my Asana. Because, okay, I have it all organized by project. And each project is a client. And so I just pile all my tasks there. And then I look at the summarized task list every day. But sometimes if I want to do things in order, I can't because I would have to bounce between multiple clients in a row and it just drives me freaking crazy. That's the problem with it. It's a manageable problem. It's just a problem.
0: I think that for me, what would work best in a situation like that is for me to schedule blocks of time for an individual client. Because, see, think about this. My time, this is, I've heard people use this situation
1: mm-hmm.
0: against my time management system because my time management system is 100% based off of context-oriented lists. So phone calls, computer, at the computer, at the phone, right uh-huh. at agenda, meaning you're at a meeting. And so you're in some sort of context all day long doing things right and as a programmer when I, when I actually am active on a contract I don't mm-hmm. do it when I'm just freelancing like just sitting here but if I'm active on a contract I add um, at coding because that's different than being on the computer because on the computer I could be researching you know whatever 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 right. but then writing code there's specific things I might want to get done like review blah 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 module for error trapping you know or whatever I want to put that in there well, this kind of situation, what you would do, in my opinion, is you would create, um, each client would be a context, Yeah. and you then said. you would attach your tasks to that context for that client, and then when it's time to work for that client, you click on the context, and guess what happens? Everything you need to get done for that client is right there. And then you, if you're going to work for that client right now for two straight hours, you power through as much as you can power through in those two hours. And guess what? You can safely go away from it Mm because it's still sitting there in your list. And now you can go to the next client and do the same thing. Oh, you're going to work for them for six hours? Great. Power through six hours worth of work.
1: My massive task list is working for me right now. Well, if it stops working for me, I'll come up with a new solution. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing. No, the whole thing is, it's kind of like when people say, when's the best time to go to the gym? Whenever works best the for time, you. The best time for you. That's the time yeah. to go to the gym. For some people, that's 5 o'clock in the morning. For some people, it's midnight. It just is what it Basically,
1: is. Basically, I feel like I need to keep my task list however I need to keep right. my task list to get. That's why I said
0: what be. I would do for me. That's why I preface it that yeah. way. And that way for for me, because I've been taught like with my time management system over the last you know 15 years so, or so. I've been taught to think of things in terms of how much energy I have to complete the task. And for me, a lot of times that converts into if I've got like 14 projects going at a time, Mm -hmm. well, I might devote. Three hours on Monday to project number one and project number five. So there's six hours worth of time. you know. And I and I devote a block of time to it. And then I go through my list and go, okay, I need to do this. Then I need to do this. Then I need to do this. Then I need to do this. And it's this just what I've been taught for so long that it's almost like breathing now.
1: Yeah. It makes sense.
0: But, I mean, like you said, the only downfall to the system is you can't do things in order because they're sorted well, wrong, but you know you could it just you, know, means you, know I how you could ten ultimately minutes solve morning that though? sorting
1: my today. but but
0: you know how you could ultimately solve that problem mm. is think about a naming convention for your um, tasks that will sort them by client. you could let's say. What's the one client that, that you have um Perrin what's his what's his company's name? Dwell City. Okay, so let's say you had like that, Dwell City, right? Mm-hmm. You could have DC dash and then the task name. Hmm. Then all the DCs would sort together. All the ABs would sort together, all the RX's would sort together. See and where I came up with that this is in my Evernote. I have my project lists, and I need to freaking know which projects are projects that someone else is doing for me, which projects I'm personally doing, and which projects I want to do someday. Mm-hmm. And I have, and I have a, a, I use like a period, and then a code for the company, mm-hmm. then a dash, and then the name of the project. That way, every company's projects. They're all right together. So that's the thing. That's the key. Naming, Coming up with a naming convention within the pro- tasks. You know what else that would help you with? Because hmm. I noticed it in um, when I was browsing through the Asana. You've got a lot of like follow-up, 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 follow follow-up, follow-up. I understand, but you have to go in them to see that. No. But if you had... How can you not?
1: It lists the project on this. I don't use it on Not when your phone. I never use it yeah. on my phone. See, so if, you
0: use, if you use it on your phone, the issue there would be, then I could put, you know, DC dash follow up. Yeah. Now right. I know. That's yeah. for that company. And I'm going to have some clue what it's about.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, I don't know though. What do you think about... What do you think about people who Well here, let's talk about what would happen if someone came to you and said, "Hey, I know this is your rate, but here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to um give you these these steady hours, right? So, X number of hours a week, but I'm going to guarantee those." Um but only if you give me a break on the, on the rate, like bring it down to $12 an hour. Because if you don't and you want me to pay you the full price, well then I only have, and then it takes like one-fifth of the hour. So he only has like two hours a week for you instead of ten. Right. What do you think about that? What would you do in that situation?
1: I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes when you're a freelancer and you do the work hourly, it can be better to be guaranteed 30 hours a week from somebody at $10 an hour. Rather than rather than I'm going to give you 10-ish hours at $15 an hour. Because you're guaranteedly getting those, those hours in. So you're making X number of dollars. But I think that's, that's the reason that most virtual assistants work on monthly packages. So they give this person X number of their hours per month for a package rate. And if they use them, they use them. If they don't, they don't. So they're guaranteed to get that money. And I think that's where I would like to head. But.
0: Yeah. I mean, here's here's the thing that I'll say about that. <sighs> my problem with dropping my hourly rate for allegedly guaranteed number of hours mm-hmm. is that, first of all, there's no such thing as any a guarantee in life. Next week, that company <coughs> could have major financial problems and not be able to pay me more than 10 hours a week and now right. i'm stuck because i've given them a lower rate right and the second thing is it has to you have to be really careful because a better example like you gave 30 hours with that i could probably calculate financially whether it's worth it to me or not right right because you're getting close to maxing out how many hours i can work for you anyway mm-hmm. but if you said hey here's could you drop your rate ten dollars an hour instead of fifteen dollars an hour And um, then I'll guarantee you get 10 hours a week. But otherwise, if you can't, then I'm only going to be able to do two hours a week. Well, okay. Two times 15 is 30. 10 times 12 is 120. I think I'd much rather have the 120 in that circumstance, right? But here's the problem. Now you go with a Mr. 10-hour person at $12 an hour, and all of a sudden, it's the next week. Oh, I've got 25 hours for you this week. Right. Oh, now I've got 35 hours for you this week. And suddenly you've sold yourself out for a much lower rate and there's eating up all of your time, which means now you've permanently affected your profit.
1: Right. I also had no problem lowering my rate for the other dude, the SEO dude, because it was a one-month trial to see if he liked having a virtual assistant. I'm okay with that.
0: Oh, stuff like that. Yeah, I get it. I'm
1: okay with that. Because he agreed... I agree to be $5 an hour less for him for a month. And then if he likes my work at the end of the month, my rate will go up.
0: Right. Well, that I'm makes fine sense. With that. that makes that totally makes sense.
1: Right. Then my rate will go up around the same time as the Upwork fee goes down.
0: Yeah. That's good timing.
1: <coughs> yep.
0: But it's just you just have to think about those things because people will can and will take advantage and I'm not saying that everybody does. It's just that we always seem to be lucky enough to run into the person that does.
1: What I found interesting is, okay, person I lowered my rate for for the first month. Then introduces me to a friend of his via email. And in his email, he's asking me if I can give his friend the same introductory rate.
0: Well, how'd you handle that?
1: I told them that it's the first 40 hours would be at the introductory rate, and then my rate is X.
0: It's not a bad strategy either, but here's... I think... Well, this is getting to be a weird podcast. So Um, if
1: I get taken for a 40-hour ride and then dropped, I'll never do it again. Put it that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I guess what I'm hearing is scattered strategy. Like... You need to come up with a cohesive strategy. I know. And then stick to that strategy. I know. And a cohesive strategy could include, here you go. I'm going to give you my lowest package number of hours for free.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then if you like it, you're paying for a pa- a package deal right away. That's it pick one of the packages. right? That's some people do that. this, some people do this too. Here, you want to get, you want to join, you want to work with us? Yeah, I want to work with you. Okay, great. Go to this webpage and register as a client. Well, part of registering as a client is, oh, I would like to have the free trial of the virtual assistant thing. Okay, great. And then in the fine print, if you do not cancel, you're automatically enrolled in the lowest package and right. they could tell you "Oh, I want the higher package but you would automatically <laughs> kick them into the lower package and you get paid right away so it's
1: definitely something to think about more when I get more organized with everything
0: well and I'm telling you to think about it sooner than later because what I've been learning about um just affiliate marketing and like f- sales funnels in general mm-hmm you got to have your shit together like right away otherwise you stagnate your growth in the long run because you're going to be stuck with baggage then let's say let's say you choose a path that's compatible with your current mix of clients
1: awesome
0: let's say you don't you're not going to let those clients go
1: well there's one that I would
0: but you're not going to let those ah. clients you're not going to let those clients go so therefore Now you're kind of stuck with this albatross over here. That's why the sooner you address the issue, the better. And trust you me, I am thinking about it for our business as well.
1: I get it. I get it. The
0: overarching umbrella business. I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. it big time. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm consolidating the podcast into one network.
1: Well, yeah, I understand that. It makes more sense to have them in one network. Then you only have to make in one website. And you can keep it all, all together. And then people who like one of your podcasts may like your other podcasts. Well, I have to show you. To well, it. I'll have to
0: show you something that I saw. Like I'm listening to this podcast about podcasting, and the guy started. This was his podcast started seven years ago, and now he has a podcast network that has like 30 podcasts on it with different people. Mm-hmm. But everyone he's so brilliant. Every one of his podcast cover arts. You have to make little squares. he has this little branded banner <clears throat> that goes across the bottom that says the name of the podcast network right when it, when on it takes
1: off we'll do that
0: and he's registered as a podcast network on iTunes, so you can look him up and see all of the podcasts that are underneath it.
1: interesting,
0: but like he was talking about how you don't need really expensive equipment and I mean. <laughs> Hey everybody! Our equipment that we have right here is so expensive. It's an iPhone Seven Plus, and I'm recording this through a little app called REC. So yeah, um, you don't need a lot of expensive equipment. And then, edit equipment. And then I software. edit it with free editing software, and then I host it in a place where I'm already paying for space anyway. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the long and the short of it is, though, that he he goes on to talk about how you only need like a you know a microphone. <laughs> And a computer. It's all you need because the software to edit is free and blah, 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 blah. So that's all you need. And then he basically infers that you can get a cheap little headset, microphone, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, like me, what I use is, and he gives the name of the microphone. So I look it up on Amazon. Okay. Does $450 for a microphone seem reasonable to you?
1: Holy hell. He calls that a cheap little microphone?
0: Four hundred and. $50 oh My gosh. I about passed out when I saw that <laughs> wow but he does talk about something really really interesting um, that having dialogue like this
1: mm-hmm.
0: makes for a more interesting show for the audience and it kind of makes sense
1: that's interesting who
0: are you going to want to listen to more I sent one person droning on and on and on and on and on about a topic for 30 minutes? Well, like a college he, professor? Well, or mean, do you want to hear a couple, two or more people cross-talking?
1: When there's cross-talking, at least you get some difference in opinion sometimes. I mean, I understand that most That's of not the time true. we agree.
0: That's not true.
1: I'm going to fight you. Fight you right in the nose. I mean, most of the time we agree, but... Sometimes we have completely different sides on an issue,
0: and that's when I edit your side out.
1: I know you're rude,
0: (laughs) but yeah, I hear you. Anyway, well, we've gone on for a really long time here, so we probably should wrap it up. I mean, I never had
1: side of the world made me angry today.
0: I never had a clue that we were going to go in the direction we went, but hey, that's what this is all about—is just doing Uh our thing. So, um, anyway, people. Thanks for listening. Make sure to spread the word. Tell your friends. If you saw the post on Facebook, share it. Share it again and share it again and again. Help us grow this thing bigger and bigger.
1: Bye.
0: I still love bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Mike, and I just wanted to tell you that if you enjoyed the show, and I truly hope you did, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play and not miss a single episode. But if you happened to miss an episode uh, and you didn't find it on Google Play or iTunes for some reason, you could go to our website, which is thenightlyrant.wordpress.com.